Welcome to Your Favourite Film is Awful, the weekly podcast where we invite guests on to defend their favourite films from negative reviews. As always, I'm your host, Luke, the protagonist of the story, and with me as always is my trusty sidekick, my faithful friend. <laughs> hey up, Charlie. I'm usually magic, but after that, <laughs> after we call him the sidekick. <laughs> yeah, you good, yeah? Yeah, yeah I'm magic, mate, as always. I'm having a good time. Always. I'm here, I'm talking about movies. Exactly, it's what the highlight of the week, what, what, surely. No, it really is. Good. I mean, I do it all week anyway, but it's nice to uh, make everyone, force everyone else to hear my horrible voice. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, as we said in the last episode, it's now your job officially. Always get the guest. So, who'd you get? I've got a guest today who is a uh, fellow filmmaker like myself, mm-hmm. um, Mr. Daniel Wells. Say hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hey. Uh, glad to be here. Doing? Yeah, it's good to have you here, mate. Yeah, yeah, it's good yeah. to have you here. He's, uh, he's currently... Um, Submit a few films to uh, film festivals, Ooh. as I've heard. So he's a yeah. Um, I've been doing some projects on the side, uh, production, editing, uh, some script writing, but I'm not too heavy on the writing side. Good, good, good. You, stop Luke. it. Stop plugging yourself. Stop plugging cool. yourself. Plug yourself later. You tell right me now. to plug myself. No, I'm later. so confused. Later. Shush. <laughs> What's your favorite film? My film. Oh, I got a lovely film for you today. Uh, the Thing, John Carpenter's. Oh, Ooh. one of my favorite films. Mm. What? My favourite movie, probably. It's going to be a good one. Lovely. Yeah. Okay, um, so for those listening at home who haven't watched The Thing by John Carpenter, what's it about? Well, uh, it's an uh, alien life form that crash-landed on Earth millennia ago, froze in the Antarctic, was discovered by some Norwegian scientists that were there, and the film starts off with after they discovered it and got attacked, they uh, chased the dog that is unbeknownst to the Americans, uh, infected, and then the trauma starts there where it uh, assimilates and takes over the people's bodies and tries to infect the whole planet. Okay, yeah. Yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, would you say that was like, a, it's, it's an exciting film? It's unpredictable? Yeah, to begin with, because you don't know where it's going, I'd say it's unpredictable. Okay. And then who's infected and who's not, it's very... That's what it is. It's kind yeah. of a, it's, it's, it's a play on a bit of a, of a mystery instead of like a whodunit. It's like, who is it? Ah, yeah, instead okay. of, um, It's like a guessing game. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to say that you're both wrong, because Simon Magus has uh, told me in, in good confidence over this review, one star, I found this really tedious. It just felt like a much worse version of Alien crossed with The Hateful Eight, and not remotely as strong as either. That is someone who watched The Hateful Eight first, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and well, his, his name's Maggot, so screw that guy. <laughs> <laughs> As far as I'm concerned. Well, to be fair, Tarantino said multiple times that The Hateful Eight was influenced by The Thing. I mean, it technically is a, a, a Western version of The Thing. It's, it's, like I said, it's a, that's a whodunit. Yeah. The Thing is a who is it. And the alien comparison, I mean, yeah, it's like alien in terms of their well, confined in this alien. place. And there's, there's an alien, obviously, <laughs> coming after them. So I love aliens, don't get me wrong, but I think what separates them and what I think kind of makes The Thing scarier mm. is the... Um, the thing could be anyone, whereas in Alien, the humans, you know the humans are humans. Though. Yeah, there's one you know what, identifiable You know when someone's monster. an alien when they turn into the alien. You know yeah, they're a yeah, yeah, yeah. In the thing, 
it's like, yeah, it's like it could be anyone. It, they, we don't know who yeah. it is. It, it doesn't really have a single form, which I think yeah. is what makes it scary. Yeah, I feel like the horror, it, the thing is more of a thriller than a horror. Uh, how I distinguish those is it's not so much there's something around the corner. The reason why horror is always so dark in that is because, oh, you don't want to see something. There could be a monster mm. in that side of the room or, mm. you know, they use certain camera angles because it's the mysterious. So you don't know what's there and that's yeah. what builds up the tension. Whereas this is, isn't a creature that's lurking in the shadows. It's, is it the person next to you? Is it your friend? Is it, you know, and then sometimes it's, could it be me? So yeah, exactly. it's, it's, that's where I'd say it's a thriller, not a horror because it's more suspenseful in how you interact with others than your investigating and something's hunting you. I definitely think it's a horror as well. I know what you're trying oh, to yeah, say. Yeah. I do know what you're trying to say. It's a horror thriller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I do know what you're trying to say. Mm. But it's still got the horrifying moments and, and oh, yeah. it's kind of, it does have the terror and the tension of a horror movie. Because mm. well, it is a horror movie, but yeah. Well, David Anson says, there is a big difference between shock effects and suspense and in sacrificing everything at the altar of gore, Carpenter sabotages the drama. The thing is so single-mindedly determined to keep you awake that it almost puts you to sleep. So your suspense and your thriller so, is a lie. So, so, a <laughs> so each their own. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what, what was he saying? That it's, 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 it's trying hard. to keep you awake. It's trying to do its job by making you enjoy it. So that's therefore it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's 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 trying too hard. It's no trying good. too hard. There's no pleasing people, is there? Nah, it's, yeah. it's the kid no at, at school who wears like the leather jacket and the cool glasses, mm. but is a nerd, and so everyone pokes mm. fun at him. That is this film. Yeah, and maybe the thing scares him so much because his oh. girlfriend calls his penis the thing, <laughs> uh, and he's oh, like, that "Oh, oh no, now he hates the movie <laughs> because it's like he's got this ugly." I'm just going. Wow. Sorry, I'm, I was a bit vicious, Charlie. She's like, "Yeah, assimilate me." I just, just <laughs> do. You, do you so, know them reviewers? Take a personal guy. I apologize. I don't know what happened. It's not come over me. Maybe I am the thing. Maybe oh. that's what happened. We've taken over. Wouldn't choose you as a specimen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the log line does say human is the most. Was it the most warm place to hide? I thought you had a cold soul though. Apparently, after that, (laughs) (laughs) I've just been horrible to that poor guy. Yeah, Yeah, this poor stranger just ruined his (laughs) life. Sorry, Sorry, yeah, yeah. It's been a long day. Okay. Uh, Password gives a one-star review. Dreadful, almost horribly bad in every aspect. And never scary. Never. Let me explain. I didn't care about any of the bearded men. Their characters were as copy and paste as they come in these films. The one dude who looks suspicious all the time, the motivated leader, the angry black guy, and blah blah blah. The pacing was woefully slow for the first 60 minutes. With unnecessarily long shots. Interject. <laughs> I will. Okay. Firstly, <laughs> the bearded men are the greatest things. So screw this guy. But <laughs> <laughs> you don't like fish, and you not grow one. <laughs> are you twelve? No, 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 no. It's not even that. How dare you insult Kurt Russell? How dare you, you know what I'm saying? He's an institute. How dare you review of, of someone insulting Kurt Russell? Mm. The and legend. The copy and paste. The reason it's copy and paste is because it set the meta up for horror films. That's why. It's, yeah, yeah. That's why it's exactly. copy and paste. You may exactly. have watched other films first and then watched this and said, why is it so great? It does everything that films nowadays does. Well, if you watched it first, you realise they do everything nowadays <laughs> the way he did it that. then. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. screw this guy's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Fear the guys. Yeah, yeah. Russell. Password. <laughs> Get your name right. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> no, 
Yeah, we're just taking digs at the so people. We're going into this today. What's going on? Yeah, vicious. So it's the thing. I'm I think going in. He hates. We, he hates beards. We can tell we love. Yeah, Sorry, I thought you'd have a stand on this. Bad. You have a beard. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, exactly. And he fuck, fuck him. You know, <laughs> yeah, he Kurt, my man. He's Kurt Russell. Kurt fucking Russell. Uh, no, I think he's just uh, the motivated leader. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't get cool, Kurt Russell. It doesn't even get cool, Kurt Russell. Like, to be fair, I mean, I should, I'm trying to remember his name actually in the film. I think it's uh, McCready. Jack. Jack. Uh, Jack. He McCready. always plays Jack. McCready. No, I want to call him McCready, but it's McCready. McCready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he's just McCready. He's just McCready. Oh, yeah, not Jack. Ah. The pacing was woefully slow for the first sixty minutes, with unnecessarily long shots and breathing. And no, that's not atmosphere building or something. That's bland and boring. And then, someone gets murdered by tentacles, and the movie is suddenly over. The effects are shockingly trashy, which made me constantly explode into laughter about the ridiculousness, which was an absolute contrast to the seriousness of everything around it. The only remotely good thing about this was the music fairly effective in creating the slightest hint of an unsettling mood fucking nostalgia oh cool all right okay. uh, this is a lot of personal opinions me and this guy I mean, would not be drinking together <laughs> no, no to be so fair, no, to be fair uh, day, this is what we did it we, like, oh, we don't want to bully them that we have already which is horrible oh, yeah this episode uh, yeah, no, got nasty. yeah no no um everyone's got right to their opinion um just just you know they're wrong everyone's got their own opinion the, the one thing that stands out to me is when he said the silence building tension is whatever he didn't like that it's, mm. it's drawl or drivel it sunk along them lines um, uh, bland and boring yeah for me I think that was a great aspect of the film because I like it when it was all silent and you can hear the clothes rustling like when we watched the scene with testing the blood I thought that was amazing um, I mean yeah it's like he said the, the, the shots were held for too long didn't he say and yeah, unnecessarily long shots. Unnecessarily. Whereas for Short me, that builds span. up the tension. Yeah, exactly. So like I said, it's, like, it's opinion-based yeah. thing. Like, but yeah, no, that builds the tension for me. Like, they build up the shots. Like, there's, And talking about the Ennio Morricone score, mm. I mean, Ennio Morricone is my favourite composer of all time. Like, Sergio Leone, who directed The Good, Bad and the Ugly, and that, he's, my, he's like my favourite director, and uh, Ennio Morricone did a lot of scores. And um, I actually think this is one of my favourite, actually, Ennio Morricone scores, but just because it's so simple, and yeah. it's got such a John Carpenter mood to it yeah it really does because you know apparently because you know the scores in the hateful eight going back to that mm. are actually um lost scores from the thing oh, really they never used yeah because john carpenter said what any Morricone was doing was too much he wanted more something more simple that's yeah. why it's just the dum dum sort of yeah the yeah, sort yeah. Of like but again thing. that's a bit like john carpenter it's like halloween it's, I mean, it's, got it's just a very star, simple it, few yeah. little... just to summarize again what, uh, what he, that guy said just because i'm forgetting point Dislike bearded men. Yeah, <laughs> Every, everyone was everyone's the same basically. Yep. Um, the first sixty minutes is slow and boring. It gets really interesting at the end when somebody gets murdered by tentacles, but then the movie is over. Oh yeah, this is this is something I want to speak about. So he said about the the effects were laughable. Uh, yeah, Ooh. shockingly trashy. Shockingly trash. Right now, so I don't know when he watched this film, but this is one of the greatest practical effects of all yes. time. And personally, I, I I think it still holds up. Mm. I, I think it does. I mean, I guess people are used to CGI, but I, to me, I think it's more terrifying because like, I see it's actually in the room. The characters are actually reacting to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get really good performances out of it. And um, the effects, I think, are outstanding. Not in just the effects, the design. Mm. Like, I know that um, the effects are a bit... Because it's practical. It, yeah. it's, hard, it's hard to do. But the, the actual... And I know that it, it never keeps the same form. Mm. 
But the ideas they do, they come up with it. Like the mm. one where his head comes up and it's like this snake thing and it's got fur on yes, the yeah, yeah, on yeah. the neck and then he's got mm. like these spider legs. It's like mm. it's, there's so much going on. Like, so like when he's so split open yeah, and yeah. you like snap the guy out. Yeah, yeah. His mouth, like, I like a like, Venus yeah. fire trap. Exactly, yeah. Like, I bet 100% I bet this movie influenced like games like Resident Evil and stuff like that now. Oh, like, it, it most definitely uh, influenced, um, was it, Dead Space, which is also Dead one of my oh, favourite yeah, yeah, horror games. But it's very similar. Like the creatures in that the only other thing that is similar yeah. to me is the thing. Mm. So I, mean, I feel like iconic. that was heavily influenced. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And everyone goes on about the the uh, special effects in the American Werewolf in London when he turns into the werewolf. Yes. Which is a great, it's, it's amazing. Mm. It's really well, obviously, for its time. But I actually think that this is probably my <laughs> my favourite practical effects in films. Um, just because of the, like you said, the sheer design and like strangeness. The creativity. And, yeah, the yeah. creativity of it. And like, it truly feels like something that's alien, like we've never seen before. And I don't think that's something that we get as much today as well yeah. in films. Like, well, like I, I also am kind of against CGI a little bit as well. Uh, the, the, the prequel one they did with the, the thing, you like it or you don't, but speaking on the aspect of they did CGI rather than mm. special effects, I just felt, like, uh, when I saw it, I was like, oh, no, nah, I prefer the original. I mm. preferred the special effects. Right, there's bits where he turns into the spider with the dock. And uh, you can see that it's clearly like a remote control car driving away from behind with the legs oh, just okay. moving and it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. gliding along the floor. I mean, it's, it's what, done in the 80s? So, you know, they didn't have great technology no, exactly. back then, but it was amazing yeah. for they what it was. it was. Other than like uh, one or two things, I, I agree. I think it's really, really good special effects. I love it. I agree. I totally agree. And like, it's weird because I'm usually I'm part of the camp that's like, let's hide the monster as much as we can. Like, uh, that's why I think Alien's such a good horror movie mm. because... In the first one, especially, it's like it's terrifying because you could only see a little part of it, so it looks real and, and it's there. And it's like, but with this is like they show a lot of it, and it's kind of the weirdness and strangeness that makes it creepy and weird, and how it could be anyone. And just to go back, I forgot to my point earlier about Sergio Leone. There's a scene in the film that actually reminds me of like a Sergio Leone standoff, and that's the bit when he's testing the blood, yeah, yeah. of all the people, mm. and he's about he's just tied them all up, and the is it Clark? He pulls a knife out, and then shots cut into everyone's sort of reaction and then all of a sudden it's over in a mm. click yeah. Kurt Russell shoots him in the head like it reminds me a lot of like the good the, the ugly final yeah. scene like yeah, that kind yeah, of yeah. The tension and stuff yeah, yeah but the, the, I like the shot in the way they reveal the knife as well yeah. it's uh, yeah. like a Wait, not over the shoulder, but it's by his hip, and like you see the knife. Yeah, from yeah. the knife, isn't it? Like from his side, you see the knife, but then it's like a, a little like peeping tom through a keyhole because mm. you're watching their conversation, yeah. and it's like, uh, ah, yeah. look what he's got it's here. Really cool. And then, like you said, there's action, and within a flash, it's over with. Yeah. yeah, and it's all done. It reminds me a little bit of, do you know when they sh in horror films they'll show a, a shot of like a POV of like someone looking from the bushes at a conversation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like in Halloween, where it's like coming through his mask. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It almost reminds me of that because it's like. Human, this guy is just as dangerous as the yeah. alien sort of thing. It's got a yeah. nice little horror to it. I don't mm. know. Yeah. No, I agree. It's almost like you go from watching it to almost being like that kind of person. Like, oh, shit, what's he doing yeah, here yeah. now? Then? And it has that great yeah. thing of like, you can't trust anyone. Yeah, that's exactly. So, I mean, that's the, we'll get to that that's very later. But that, is, yeah. that is the best. That's like my favorite scene in the film. Yeah, so back to this guy's review. I feel like he's prefers horror films nowadays with, you know, a lot of music over the top to build tension, mm. uh, maybe a lot of CGI and the action to happen a lot quicker. Mm. You know, the monster to be revealed and then you're fighting it, maybe a bit more action-y. Mm. Again, each their own, if that's what you prefer. Fair, fair play to him, but... Yeah, I think if that was the case... The characters being be copy-paced, a... I disagree on that point. It was... Yeah. I think if it was more action-y, it wouldn't be a horror. That's no, the yeah, thing. Like, I agree. Mm. That's the whole idea that 
And I think that's kind of why you two are divided as to whether it's a horror or a thriller, mm. is because with horrors, it's a monster that you can't fight and you don't often see. Like they'll they'll hide it because a person's imagination will fill in the blanks. Mm. It's always going to be more horrifying yeah. than whatever they can make. This is uh, the thing is just like a really good example of a horror that they can make, which mm. is still like messes with you as you watch it, which I think is very good. No, that's a really good point. Yeah, I totally mm. agree with that. And also, I said about a cardboard copy of characters. I couldn't disagree more. And I'll tell you why. The, the number one complaint people moan about now with today's horror movies... Oh, um, yeah, go on, make it. Go on. ...is that the characters always make stupid decisions. Yeah. They fall over a bush. They do all these things. Oh, why don't you shut the door behind her? Every character in this movie does, in my opinion, everything right, pretty much. Uh, things go wrong, obviously, but they always make the right decisions, in my opinion, in terms of, like, okay... Who's infected? Let's all strap each other up and test each other's blood. Mm. Like, let's do that. Or the ending when they're both like, "No, we've got to, we've got to blow ourselves up." Like, even yeah. though we think we've killed, killed it, we don't yeah. know for sure. This cannot spread. This cannot mm. leave. And it's like one, they're actually real heroes in that sense. Yeah, I know they probably can't get out of here because I think they're all there. they've got their mm. forms of transport. But but also in the sense of like, they they, they don't want to make the spread, so they're in to sacrifice themselves. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I, I tell you who yeah. an unsung hero for me in the film is. Um, I forget his name, but the main guy who smashes up the place, uh, kills all the dogs, helicopter and that. He discovers, oh, so there's 75% chance somebody could be infected. So then he goes and suddenly makes it so you can't get out of the base camp. Yeah. Gets rid of all uh, transportations. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then starts smashing up the communication uh, mm. relays and stuff. And it's like, what are you doing? He's gone crazy. And it's like, no, if you think about it, that was a really smart thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stopped. as you said, there was a self-sacrifice. Yeah. So he had already made his mind up that, no, no one's leaving. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But I, I think that's yeah, yeah. just like, like the people moaning, that I don't think you see that in horror films yeah. anymore. They yeah. do the right thing. In, well, it's do, even in, like do the right sort of thing, you know. Very early on, the guy who runs the dog kennels, when it goes down, he leaves and the, he leaves the door open, and then he oh, goes yeah. back and like shuts and locks the door. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, almost like taking the mick out of them films that do that, those yeah, yeah, mistakes, yeah. and I don't think they do that. And, no, no, but no, these characters do the right thing, and that, I think that's what makes it even more terrifying. Yeah, because it's still not really stopping them from being attacked by this monster. They're trying to do everything logically that, I mean, I could have thought of. I can't really think of anything in the film that I would have done differently in terms of, like, if I was part of the characters. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, of course. Um, uh, there's one thing I would have done differently yeah. Ooh, go on, is uh, when they lock the guy up outside because they know someone's infected and they isolate yes, him. Yeah. And, it was, and oh, every time I watch it, I'm like, yeah. he's isolated, so yeah. he's easy to get to because... Yeah. Mm. When they do that, they all separate. So that would be my only point is yeah. you've isolated someone that they can get to and no one's really checking on that yeah, much. Yeah. So mm. why would you do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. they already like, think that he's, uh, he's turned, don't they? That's why they Oh, isolate. yeah, no, they do. Yeah. I don't think they, yeah. they know about the monster as strongly as he does but at that's that point. So he's just gone crazy, so oh, they've yeah, locked him the, up. No, he's he's yeah, and then he yeah, tells yeah, yeah. McCready, trust no one and don't trust the guy, the dog kennel guy. But then it's like the dog kennel guy wasn't affected, but he had suspicions about him. Yeah. But the dog infected somebody else. That's what's so good about it. Oh, it's so great. And it? what else is really good about this movie that makes it scary is that we never know. They usually show us the monster before we see the characters in a sense of like building dread of like the monsters in this room. Mm. The characters just walked into the room. Okay. Whereas this is like we find out as much about the thing as the characters do as yeah. the film goes along. We find out with them. And yeah. that's what makes it scary because you feel like you're part yeah. of the gang. Yeah, you're, you're finding you're out just as much information. Survivors, yeah. You're figuring it out as it goes along with the, as the characters do. And I think that's what makes it also terrifying because we don't we don't know for sure if that guy's gone crazy mm. or yeah. if he actually 
is effect, infected and they yeah. don't want to make that risk. That's why they look him at. Yeah. That's why I think it's a. It's I mean, really if you think of how the film starts, it's a, a Norwegian guy screaming a language no one speaks, yeah. shooting at a dog, and he accidentally shoots one of the people at the camp. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like, well, it was this crazy guy who came out of nowhere, we're in the Antarctic, mm. and he's attacking a dog. What's going on here? Oh, exactly, yeah. So then they kill him, and it's like, oh, let's go to their camp, and it escalates from there. Okay, so Russell's sub-Eastwood heroics hardly compensate for the absence of all characterization. While Bill Lancaster's script boasts the most illogical climax any monster movie ever had. Right, this is brilliant for me. <laughs> I actually get speed psyched. That's really bothered me Go for about <laughs> film panels. <laughs> People get characterization mixed up with backstory, and they are not the same thing. Character is played out by through their actions in the film. Mm. Their actions in the film define and what decisions they make define which kind of character they are. People. I don't know what it is. Um, nowadays, there's this thing of like, oh, characterization means backstory. Like, I know in The Last Jedi and stuff, people were like, uh, we need backstory for, for Snoke. Like, he's not yeah, a real character. Yeah, now he's gone. Stuff. It's like, his character was through his actions. That's how you tell. I mean, the great screenwriter, David Mamet, that's what he says. He says, backstory comes out of what people make of the character's actions in the film. Hmm. Like, you shouldn't really sit there and have a scene where a character's telling you all about his backstory. Like, it's implied. Like, I mean, yeah. like, that's not what makes the film interesting. The film is interesting is what's going on right now. Yeah. And what is this character, how is this character reacting to this situation? And I think that's what is, makes this film great. Again, we are thrown in with these characters. They do have, like, they're good characterization. You understand who he is. You know he's, like, doesn't, he's not, he doesn't really play well with people, doesn't he? He's yeah. a bit of a, he's, he, he comes across quite pessimistic, doesn't he, about things when he chucks in the, the, the glass of water in the, uh, yeah. in the oh, stuff. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's very, like, he's kind of, you know, he's that classic kind of Kurt Russell. He's kind of, kind of badass dude. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I would completely agree with, uh, agree, disagree with um, <laughs> well, Jim I, Sanderson's characterization. I think each of them, you can distinguish each character in the film from the actions. actions that they take. I totally, they all take different well, actions. I, I agree with you there because that'd be relevant in a story where the actions could dictate from previous experience. Mm. There's no previous experience of being isolated in yeah. the Antarctic yeah. with an alien. There's no experience for that. So yeah. even if you're a happy-go-lucky guy, you could snap yeah. and become a crazy guy. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and I think like in the bit when he does chuck the ice into the thing, it's like it shows he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. He, will do, he will do what it takes to do his thing. Yeah. And that mm. is shown later on in the film when he ties everyone up. Mm. Yeah. He's like, I don't give a fuck about what you guys think. Yeah. We're getting. I'm surviving. I'm surviving. Maybe We're getting you do too, but thing. let's see. Exactly. Like, yeah. and that's what I think. But he's also not he's crazy because exactly. when he, he ties people up, like, yeah, he just that's the way. He, like, I personally wouldn't have been as horrible to be for. I'd be like, look, guys, this can't. Kind of, yeah, but, yeah. but that's my character. That that's what characterization is. That's how mm, he reacted yeah. to that situation. So. But I'm again, how many, how many times in those films does somebody snap and it's like, oh, they'll tie everyone up and it's like, no, you're all going to die, I don't care. Yeah, Where yeah. he was like, no, we're, we're going to find this thing and we're mm. going to kill it. So he does his own thing, but he's still for the whole sort of betterment of everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, for the greater good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, yeah. Um, also, I just love that he like starts addressing the, uh, the alien. Like in that scene with the blood tip. I know we can talk about this scene a lot because it's like, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, well, he even says, he goes, this... Thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's, yeah. He starts going like, yeah. So he says things I can't remember. He says something like, "Oh, um, I know it's like one of you." I know, but he's not. He's not actually talking to the people. He's talking to the thing inside. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I love when they do that in films. I think Ripley does that a few times. Alien of like, yeah. they're addressing the the actual monster as if it can hear him and it's li mm. listening to him, sort of thing. I, I love that. I think that's great. I also think um, it's funny how I think 
John Carpenter, you can sort of tell which sort of horror film he, what he thinks is scary through the fact that in Halloween, the white mask sort of symbolises this like it could be anyone mm. thing. It's this being that's then, like we said before, the not seeing, the not knowing is more terrifying than anything. Yeah, and they create he created that in Halloween with the blank mask. That's why it's terrifying because it's just, it's expressionless. It's it's yeah. completely alien. It's different. Like in Halloween, and this is like it actually could be anyone. And I think it's interesting to see his kind of style again. Like that's what he interests in. Touching of. on that with like the no the no thing, it's like uh, dolls. Why they're like so creepy and yeah. horrors and that. It's because it's a human face with no emotion. Mm -hmm. So that could be like why that's so scary. Yeah, like on a psychological level, it's like it's just blank. No, exactly. It's unsettling. Definitely. Yeah, but you know, you know what's interesting about uh, unsettling films and horror films and <laughs> scary films and how normally the things that cause nightmares, right? Yeah. Well. Yeah, let's <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Break it down, uh, Luke. Yeah. Corley Adams, one star review. Uh, of, of this horror film, I've never seen this film and not fallen asleep somewhere during the middle. Okay. So it's not that scary. He's not seen this film and not fallen asleep during the middle. Yeah, yeah. So every time he's put it on, he's always fallen asleep during the film. It is a boring film. Charlie, look into my eyes. This film is a boring film. <laughs> How dare you? What's, what time <laughs> is he watching? Is he like three in yeah, the morning that he's trying to watch it? <laughs> it might cap for him. Yeah, what, what he's not mentioning is that he's <laughs> yeah. just done like a 12-hour shift. <laughs> yeah. And then he put the film on yeah. whilst in uh, bed. Yeah. You know what, mate? It sounds like you're not getting enough sleep. <laughs> and, uh, I agree. That, that might Next be time, issue. start it from where you left off. Uh, <laughs> You'll see the end maybe, of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think you've seen the I first half <laughs> enough. Treat yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I do think, though, um, horror films always do take a while to get going, whatever that means, in terms of like the stuff you want to see, the horror, the people getting eaten or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Um, but in this film, I feel like straight away, you jumped in personally. Of like... Okay, it almost gives you a bit of lore with the character, like it's been here for a while. Mm. You have this great opening scene where the helicopters coming and the dogs coming up. There's so there's mm. already a lot of tension. Then the dogs are trapped in the cages, aren't they? And they're yeah. acting weird. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it gets going straight away. Like yeah. whereas mo usually in horror films, there's this big build up until like in Halloween, there's this big suspense build up before people start getting killed. Yeah, it's all set um, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love that. I mean, I love that. But some people that might kind of get bored by that, which I've heard before from people. But I feel like this film doesn't do that at all. I, I agree because, um, I, I mean, other than the dog right at the beginning, they splice up that edit from what I can remember is they go and investigate the Norwegian base camp mm -hmm. and they see all these horrific acts like somebody's mm. killed themselves and is frozen in the, the ice snow. Mm. And then you see these monsters that have been like burned and frozen and that. And it's like cutting back to this dog and then between what's happening at the base camp. And it's from there for me, it's like, and that's within the first five or ten minutes of the film. So yeah, I, I'd agree. Like it sets off pretty quick. And then it's just building from there is they, they uh, what is it? They go and they investigate the doctor guy. I forget the word. Autopsy. Autopsy. Oh, yeah. Autopsy is the creature. Yeah, um, yeah. Brain stopped working there. And he, he, the one thing that bugged me about the whole film is he's all smart and he touches the end of his pencil on this monster and then he puts it on his lip. And when I rewatched that, I was like, how the hell <laughs> is he not a monster? <laughs> Like, that's the, I, that's, I that's the one that. loophole where you see him literally he's like he taps it with his pencil mm. and his rubber and then it, it cuts to him like this and he's tapping it on his lip and I'm like 
Okay, now this can assimilate anyone through any kind of contact. He's done touch the thing with a pencil and put it on his lip. Like, come on. Well, is it, isn't it blood contact? Isn't it like more specific? Well, I mean, don't, yes don't, and no, but the whole thing is, as yeah, McCready said, yeah. uh, each individual Damn, thing is a whole. You're supposed to be defending the movie. Oh, don't, yeah. tell him, don't tell him the... Uh, yeah, don't you can defend points. the movie, nah, but you have yeah, to right, say where like there's some hiccups, yeah. you know? That's, for me, a hiccup, but... No, it's good fun. It sets off the mark straight away. That's... I love the bit when he goes to electric. Doesn't he oh, that's like halfway through the defibrillator. Yeah, the yeah, defibrillator. Yeah, yeah. His hands get beat. Yeah, <laughs> eaten like that's a great effect as well. Oh, oh it's it so is. weird as well. Like. But but the sound effect for when his hands like literally get ripped off the bone snap yeah. that um, is like the most that's accurate represent. It just goes. Yeah, that's the noise. Horrible. I'm like, <laughs> that's the for me. That's the. Terrible noise for somebody's answer. I quite liked it. There's no bone snapping. There's no. It sounds like a bubble bubble. (laughs) (laughs) So if somebody commented about that, I'd have to kind of agree with them. Like, all right, I I give you that noise. Like, (laughs) that noise for me wasn't great. (laughs) Okay, so this one is a slightly higher review. I think this is the highest star review I've 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 brought to the podcast. Was it one point (laughs) five? (laughs) <laughs> it's half a star. <laughs> well, I, I'm pretty sure it's out of ten, but it's two point five. So Ooh, you're not, you're not. Far okay, off. I really like this guy. Yeah. Okay, no, no, it's, it's two point five out of ten. Potentially, I didn't look at. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Like it's from a, a specific site. It's not like a general oh, see, review yeah. place. Roger Herbert. Oh, Roger quite, Ebert. Ro- Roger Roger yeah Roger Herbert. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, one of the the biggest film critics of of, ever, of all time. He um they had a show called Cisco and Ebert. Review films or something like that. Okay. And uh, you know the the Muppets. You know the two mm. old men. Yeah. The angry old men. It's based off of them. Oh, apparently. that's hilarious. I think they're like, like that's referencing them. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, Ebert's like a, one of the one of the old greats. Ah, well, that would reviews. explain why this review was on the uh, the first of January nineteen eighty two. Really? Did did he uh, just quickly? Did is it Roger Ebert reviewing the movie or is it just on his website? Uh, both, I believe. Okay, this is interesting. I didn't realize he didn't like the thing. This is good. Um, well, the two point five. It could be out. Because he's good. He's usually ten. got. He's usually one. He's a good critic, and I think what makes a good critic for me is when you, even if you don't agree with them, you always understand where they're coming from. Mm. Yeah. And he's one of those like him and like uh, people like Mark Comeover and stuff uh, who, I, who I follow and Pauline Cow and stuff. One of the, the great sort of film critics. You even if you don't agree with them, they had. You always understand where they come from. I think that's yeah, why you I understand their reasoning. Yeah. Like the yeah, guy exactly. before is like he might not like the slow build up and all that, so you yeah. can respect his opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So exactly. Yeah. The thing is a great bath bag movie, all right, but is it any good? I found it disappointing for two reasons: the superficial characterization and the implausible behavior of the scientists on that icy outpost. Characters have never been Carpenter's strong point. He says he likes his movies to create emotions in his audience. And I guess he'd rather see us jump six inches than get involved in the personalities of his characters. This time, though, despite some roughed-out typecasting and a few reliable stereotypes, the drunk, the psycho, the hero, he has populated his ice station with people whose primary purpose in life is to get jumped on from behind. The few scenes that develop characterization are overwhelmed by the scenes in which the men are just setups for an attack by the thing. I see you shaking your head there, Jeremy. You, you alright? Yeah. Um, happy so far? Yeah, no, he, yeah, this is good. This is a good review. This is a really good review. Good. So I think, yeah, um, I know what he's mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. The characters, uh, maybe this is what the guy with the other guy was trying to get at before, mm. like maybe shut him down a bit. 
four too quickly. Um, but I know what you mean in terms of don't have distinguishing personalities in terms of you don't really know too much about them. But like I said before, I think that is through their actions that mm. they make. I know what you mean we don't get a whole scene where they talk about like their feelings and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, but I would also say that it's just he's saying a lot of things without much evidence like the drunk who's the drunk in there because McCready had a drink but he wasn't drinking constantly. Yeah, he's the hero but he's a bit, you know, he's a, abrasive and a, a, aggressive as a hero. Mm. Uh, um the, who the, who, who's the psycho? Um cuz the yeah. only one who's like angry, I forget his name, Charles Charles is the angry one, mm, yeah. but I wouldn't say he's a psycho. Nobody's a psycho, so I'm saying he's... He's like a version of the psycho. Yeah. He's like yeah. trying to break it down into like stereotypes. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, but I feel like he, he's just like yeah. whitewashing them as that when they're not truly that entire... Like, he's not a, a psycho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's saying that that's an aspect of the He's like generalising them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that leads us to the second problem. Plausibility. We know that the thing likes to wait until a character is alone and then pounce, digest, and imitate him. By the time you see Doc again, is he still Doc? Or is he the thing? Well, the obvious defense against this problem is a watertight buddy system, but time and time again, Carpenter allows his characters to wander off alone and come back with silly grins on their faces until we've lost count of who may have been affected and who hasn't. That takes the fun away. I agree with that comment, but there is also a problem in that comment. Uh, so I used to watch this film with my friend and he would always come up with scenarios if this ever happened to us like, I feel like it's a good film when you end up talking about you in that scenario you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like if that ever happened to us how would you do it and it's like well I'd find out if you're not infected and then you're not leaving my side but they don't know how to ascertain who's this thing or not until you know McCready does the whole blood thing they were going to do the blood sample um, I believe where they were going to test their old blood mm. and then take new blood and see if it matched up or yeah, just yeah, simulated yeah. or something I, they didn't go into the details of how it would be done mm. but it's something like that and then the blood got destroyed so the buddy system would work but you'd need to devise a way to figure out who's not the thing first and as they got round to it it was when all the action had happened mm. yeah, exactly. so yeah, it's a good co- yeah. it's a good comment but it's also had uh, a plot hole in it is how do you find out who's the thing and who's themselves mm. Mm. that's and, true but then the problem with a watertight buddy system is you know no one would die and then we wouldn't have and, to film and, then and also yeah that's what bothers <laughs> me some people say that as well they're like well i would have done that it's like yeah okay but sometimes we have to put little tricks in for the film for it to be interesting yeah. and have tension and it be fun and enjoyable if everyone did everything right there's a great episode of community i was gonna i was there's gonna bring great, that up yeah great episode of community <laughs> in the cabin yeah where they're all they're all reading out their favorite like they're all saying their favorite like horror stories they're all mm. telling horror stories right yeah. as if they were like doing horror films and it gets to Abed who's like the film fan and he, <laughs> he, a he makes one. a horror story that's like everyone does everything right and they save the day and it's boring <laughs> and everyone's asleep when he's finished his yeah, story yeah. it's like it's a good like mirror and like film fans sometimes are like why would you do that I wouldn't like yeah. doesn't make folks like well there's things that we have to put in to make the film interesting people mm. are flawed like they yeah. have to not everyone's going to be doing the perfect thing they're not aware that they're in a horror movie you know what I mean exactly yeah so I mean, yeah, that's what I would like, argue. Like the stereotype yeah. with phones is they always get broke or there's never any signal. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, it's a device that connects you to the police any anywhere you want, and they yeah. all have mm-hmm. GPS now. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah. if you're trying to make a horror, it's like you, they can be located and people can get within yeah. you, depending on your location. That's what's so quickly. good about. So yeah. it'd that's be boring if you didn't. Exactly. Yeah. That's what's so good about this location, and I think I know it sounds really like pretentious and like it's such a stereotypical thing to say, but the, the location is like a character of it in the film. It's made it, that's been parodied so many times, I know it's a joke, but like it is in a sense of like the weather 
you really feel they look cold. It looks freezing. It's, yeah. it's almost like another thing they're battling as well mm. as the thing. It's like they're not in a sunny place and it's like, oh, we can take our tops off and chill. Like there's not only is it a stressful situation, they're also freezing cold yeah, 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 in the course. snow. And I think John Carpenter um, actually did take the temperatures down. So, which I think really you really get a sense of that. Like it really feels cold and isolated and gloomy and it's like it's a great location for a horror film mm. and, I, and I don't think anyone did that before uh, in the middle of in like an arctics in the middle of mm. nowhere sort of snow I think it is the yeah, that I can I, think I, of yeah, like, I can't not I think it's a great yeah. it's, a, it's an iconic location mm. I well, think mm. everyone thinks of that as well as the thing yeah and I think that's what Fantino was saying when he was doing The Hateful Eight what he wanted to try and create this like, sense of like they're locked in this place yeah like of aliens in space no one can hear exactly. you scream it's exactly. total yeah. isolation exactly mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. another fun fact though the DOP when he was making the, uh, doing the film is a uh, way to tell if somebody's human or not when you're watching it is he always set up a shot with a glint in the eye and if they had a glint in the eye they were human what? No have you never way. heard that? I've never heard no. that. Yeah. That's really and then cool. John Cobbler admitted that at the end of the film one of them is most definitely the thing but you don't know what one and then everyone's like breaking it down. And when the DOP that recently so came cool. out with this whole glint in the mm. eye, they was like, oh, Charles doesn't have a glint in his eye. Um, so it's Charles. Mm. And there's another theory that McCready hands him a drink. And uh, beforehand, uh, yeah, it's gasoline. That's but so um, I, on one of like the HD cuts, you can see that he, Charles has a glint in his mm. eye as well as McCready. Really? So for that one thing, mm. none of like the tropes hang up. So you still, it's yeah, still it's uncertain still who, up, yeah. who is the thing. But it is confirmed one of them is. Yeah. You just don't know what I want. Yeah, because um, yeah. for a long time it was the the breath. Like, yeah. Um, you can see McCready's um, breath, but not breath, Charles. But you can't see Charles. Ah. But it turns out that it was just um, the quality of the, the footage. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. And that when like a HD, HD remastered, yeah. it was like, oh yeah, he's That's breathing. So it's funny. Fun. <laughs> Same with the glint in the eye. <laughs> yeah, really cool like, there's no glint really cool. in his eye, yeah. but there's one bit. He's, also, the way he acts it, his eyes are like drivel and like kind of mm. closed. But there's every now and again he'll like focus and open his eyes up because he's where they've dropped the temperature, I'm guessing he is freezing yeah, yeah, fucking cold, yeah. but you see a glint in his eye, so it's like, it doesn't even hold up there. Yeah. But when I found that out, I watched the entire film, and I'm like, pausing my TV, and I'm running <laughs> up, I'm like, ah, right, that motherfucker's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's next, you know? That's really cool. But I thought that was a really cool thing as well. Yeah, really cool. That only came out, like, I don't know, 10, ten or so years yeah, ago. Because really cool. mm-hmm. I know that um, the studio made him, they made him shoot an ending where McCready gets away, and he escapes in a helicopter. Oh, really? Um, I, I believe so. And but he didn't. He didn't like it, John Carpenter. And I think he shot it just to yeah, please, please them the and then put it in anyway. Yeah, yeah. As far as I know, I, I think they just, they definitely did that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I can't remember what happened from there though, because surely he would have spread it if he. Have you hmm. seen? There's a there's comic books. There's books online for it, and it continues after the thing. Have oh, you uh, no, seen, seen them? them. Um, it, it's <laughs> it's interesting. So I've always been like, I want a thing too. No, I don't. No, I've heard about them. It gets yeah, real weird. McCready yeah. gets saved by some, uh, I want to say Argentinians, or he gets taken to like Argentina. Yeah. Mm. And he's in like a military camp there, but Charles is there. And it turns out Charles was infected and gets back to the camp. Everyone's infected. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I'm Cliff Notes in this a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the fine. forest turns into a giant thing. The trees are the thing. And oh, I was like, Jesus. and it, it went crazy. And yeah, I was like, yeah. thank God there isn't. You'd have to just. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're not wrong because it assimilates things. So why can't they do plants as well? By, by that sense, yeah. but it just got ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Okay, <laughs> finish off this review. Um, the Thing is basically then just a geek show, a gross-out movie in which teenagers can dare one another to watch the screen. There's nothing wrong with that. I like being scared, and I was scared by many scenes in The Thing. 
but it seems clear that Carpenter made his choice early on to concentrate on the special effects and the technology and to allow the story and people to become secondary. Because this material has been done before and better, especially in the original The Thing and in Alien, there's no need to see this version unless you are interested in what The Thing might look like while starting from anonymous greasy organs extruding giant crab legs and transmuting itself into a dog. Amazingly, I'll bet that thousands, if not millions of moviegoers are interested in seeing just that. Just touching on, not going into details about his review, but it's funny how you can tell the time lapse of films. So his, his review was in what, 1982, mm-hmm. roughly when the film came out. Mm-hmm. The, other, the other person beforehand was like, nowadays. So his was, it, did, it didn't concentrate on story, and it was all about action. And the other guy's was, oh, it was too long shots, it was all story, yeah, there wasn't, wasn't enough, enough action. action. That's really, so it's that's funny a really how it's developed That's a really good point, yeah. yeah. Time. How people's opinions have yeah. changed because of the films that we get now. That's really mm. interesting. Because like, I guess that's that, that comes down to the way now we're so used to like action, action, action. Mm. Like, everything's cut really quick and you know, yeah. really straight to the point. It's funny, how, yeah. it's, that is, it's yeah. a really good point, I didn't think of that, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you one thing, though, that, Look, that's what makes him great. I think he gives a really good review there. Oh, mm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Give credit. Like, um, As you said earlier, you can see his reasoning. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I would disagree. I don't think... I, I mean, obviously, I disagree, but personally, I, I don't think it's to get to the, the effects. I mean, the effects are great, but I think the suspense and the... And I think it, it, it builds emotions. And I know... He, I think it's what you want from a film. Now, I don't go into this film... I don't think it's the biggest character study, because it, no. it isn't really. It's a, uh, but, but does it get across emotion? It gets across... it. You feel terrified. You feel tension. You, you're on the edge of your seat, mm. and uh, and it, it sounds like exactly what John Carpenter wanted. Great, because that's what he he said. He what he likes films about creating emotions in people, and and I definitely get an emotion from watching this film. And I, I do enjoy the char- characters. I know they're not the most like fleshed unique. out character, unique mm. characters of all time, but they're there for the, the purpose of the story, and I really enjoy it. But yeah, I do understand where he's um, coming from. Yeah. Well, to uh, touch back on a point you just said about how. There's a difference between old school reviews and more recent reviews. Oh, there we go. So here's a review from April 2018. So last year is the time of recording. Avalon Princess, one star review. Okay, maybe I didn't get it or missed something, but like this was extremely boring. <laughs> I zoned out for a good amount of time. <laughs> this is beautiful. Because it just was so lame. The star is for the doggo. <laughs> star is for the doggo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's actually a one star review for, for the dog. The dog's great. The okay. film's trash. Very boring. Trash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, beautifully very summed up the point, didn't no, it? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it really does, doesn't it? Yeah. Like nowadays, it's like, okay, just get to the, get yeah. to the blood, get to the gore, let's see the murder. Exactly. It's uh, not the build up of tension, which I think's way more scary for me mm. than the actual reveal of the monster. It never is like. I think that's why films in modern day that we've got now that have done so well, like the Babadook and stuff, really build up on this yeah. the, the tension. It follows is another one that really builds up on the tension. I and I think it follows. It, yeah, and as soon as it gets to you seeing the thing, the, the monsters, it's never as, like we said before, it's never as good. But I think the thing, it, it has both of that. Yeah. That's why I'm shocked that modern audiences don't seem to like it as much, because it's like you get both. You get... The gore stuff you get, the t- you get a yeah. little, it's quite a lot of action really for a horror movie in terms yeah. of what people want. You don't usually, mm. it's usually a couple of people get killed and it's the film's over sort of thing. But I feel like this film, you get, you get, you get such interesting imagery going on, yeah. that, that terrifying, and there's a great build up to it. I personally, this is why it's my favorite horror movie because 
it gives you everything you want from a horror movie. Mm. Yeah, 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 it's uh, oh. to to pull us back to one of the previous reviews, which just like the more time I I, I leave myself to think about it, um, the whole a person gets murdered by tentacles and then the film is over. Mm. Um, well, that's not true because like the tentacles come out in like the first. 20 minutes or yeah, yeah. Like yeah, the with dog, the doggo. yeah that's the a really good point yeah <laughs> it's yeah. A, so like where they come in from that's a really good point yeah, yeah. exactly because yeah. like, if, if you do look at it as the like oh this is all suspense it's boring nothing's happening nobody's dying but then like 20 minutes in the doggo turns into a monstrosity and kills everything and you're like oh okay this is this is happening right now is yeah, it yeah. it's um, yeah after right after doggo touched on that you had the dead body that they were putting in the the shack the cabin or whatever in the mm. back and they're, they're both in there, and then one of them leaves, and he comes back, and he's being grabbed, yeah, and he's yeah, being yeah. turned. Uh, that's again pretty quick, and that's another like tentacle mm. situation. So it's not as soon as the monster is revealed, it's it's over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah exactly. Don't know what they're on about. They, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that doggo was cute. <laughs> so <laughs> one, like I don't understand why it's one star review. That should be a five star review <laughs> for the doggo. The doggo at least. Yeah. Doggo's great. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew about it, but the doggo is two dogs. It's two separate dogs in two different locations. Oh, really? Yeah, th- and they had to like that. paint the dog so that it was the same. It looked the same. <laughs> oh, really? It was, yeah, it was like in. <laughs> I feel like I might have heard one that. One was in Canada, and I think the other one was in Alaska. And those were like the two, pl- like two That's of the really snowy cool. areas that they could go film. Mm-hmm. And so they had to like paint the doggo to make it look like it was the same doggo. That's really I cool. Wonder, I wonder mm. what scenes they did though, because I know that when you train dogs, it's hard to get them to do specific oh, things. Because yeah. there's mm. one scene where I'm pretty sure the dog starts snarling. Mm. So I wonder if they'll use the other dog because it was, had a better snarl. Yeah, for the, potentially. They could yeah. get it to act better than the other one. And well, the other I imagine one was it's more, more location based rather than. It's probably, yeah. yeah. I know they had a nightmare shoot in the film. I think I watched the documentary before on the DVD mm. about the making of. And I think that there was. They were actually in these freezing cold this out like location in the middle of nowhere and they had to like drive a bus like around these sort of steep cliff edges apparently oh, apparently at one point like they nearly like nearly fell over or something really bad I can't remember what it was but like yeah. uh, John Carpenter talks about it you can find it on YouTube and stuff um, just kill about the cast and crew and how every day was sort of a bit terrifying <laughs> like he says like I don't know how we, we dealt with the health and safety like mm. <laughs> that film because it wasn't like Good, but yeah, yeah. Well, my friend mentioned it. I, I didn't research it myself, so by all means, don't take it as like gospel. But my friend said something like he had skin cancer or something. He had a horrible time uh, filming it because the sun bouncing off the snow and it like burnt his his nose and that, and he had to really, yeah. Something like, like I haven't researched. Who, who it. had it? John Carpenter. Yeah, oh, apparently, really? and he said that's why he'd never do a number two, as well as the monsters too overpowered. Mm. If you make a second one, it'd be verbatim of the first, yeah. unless you did it in a populated area, and then it's too powerful. Yeah, yeah, it would just burn. Mm. yeah. It yeah. really is like I think the only way you could do it is with doing a prequel, but I haven't seen. Yeah. A, I mean, it's supposed to be not very good, is it? I haven't seen. The prequel isn't bad for me ideas, because I I look at it as when they go in the the original, they go to the, the Norwegians base camp, mm. and the way they made it end with the way the first one picked up, like you can see how they did. It. So I like the way they connected the dots mm. in that sense of the word. I thought yeah. that was really cool. But like the the originals, better attention, better story. It's just a lot yeah. better for me. Yeah. yeah. Fair, fair. Um, so. Okay, so this will be the last one. It's a, it's another old school one, so around the time when it came out. So this was Vincent Canby, June 25th, 1982. John Carpenter's The Thing is a foolish, depressing, overproduced movie that mixes horror with science fiction to make something that is fun as neither one thing or the other. 
Sometimes it looks like it aspired to be a quintessential moron movie of the 80s, a virtually storyless feature composed of lots of laboratory concocted special effects and the actors used merely as props to be hacked, slashed, disemboweled and decapitated, finally to be eaten and then regurgitated as, guess what, more laboratory concocted special effects. There may be a metaphor in all of this, but I doubt it. Mr. Carpenter has demonstrated that he... Mr. Mr. Carpenter has demonstrated that he can make good, old-fashioned, scary movies like Halloween and effective suspense thrillers escape from New York. But he seems to lose his own head when combining two or more genres, as he did with The Fog and does again here. Interested, right. Gonna break this thing. <coughs> so, tell me, right, the, the characters in Halloween, mm-hmm. are you telling me they are, they are, they have more depth than the characters in the thing? There seems well, well, to be the consensus. No, I know, but yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's what I'm, that's what I'm shocked by. Yeah. Mm. I'm shocked at the fact that he liked Halloween, but did like this, because I feel like they have the same level of characterization sort of thing in the film. I don't yeah. really feel like, Laurie, is it Laurie in um, Halloween? Yeah, I think Laurie Strode. Yeah, I don't feel like she has any more characterization than McCready does. I think she just has more going on. I mean, it's more focused. I think it's more, like you said, there might be more backstory for her when you make the the difference between... Oh, yeah, yeah. ...or her characterization. I mean, does she have backstory in it? I I feel like it just things Um, start to happen to her. Well, her parents were killed when she was a kid because the film starts off as a POV of the kid in the mask kills the mum, the dad, and the sister. So her backstory... How did I not think of that? Her whole backstory is her whole family life. she's got her school life and she has to babysit people and so she's in a position of responsibility. I mean, to be fair, maybe you could ask yeah she does probably does have more <laughs> but I'd say I'd call that maybe but, backstory well backstory yeah mm. but um yeah yeah <laughs> got me there got me there yeah. no yeah yeah okay for the record it should be immediately pointed out that this new film bears only a superficial resemblance to Howard Hawke's 1951 classic The Thing though both were inspired by the same source material John W. Campbell's Junior's story, Who Goes There? The new thing has been written with no great style by Bill Lancaster and directed by Mr. Carpenter without apparent energy or the ability to share his interests with us. Real quick there, talking about the characters. I... For me, I'd say the characters are more realistic than and and gritty, like down-to-earth, like actual people in the film. Mm. You know, just everyday, well, kind of everyday people, Mm. you know, doing a job. And then they're just like thrusting this situation. So for me, I find it's, it's more gritty and realistic, grounded in, in that, that aspect. Yeah, okay. With the way the characters are. There's, there's no style. That is crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For like a John Carpenter yeah. movie, like, I feel like this is, this is one of his, like, it's got every hallmark of a John Carpenter movie. It's got mm-hmm. that score, that synthesizer score. It's got that eeriness to it. It's that he creates such an atmosphere. Mm-hmm. In the, all the, of the title movies. opening, the title know, opening, so straight away you're in, you're in straight away. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you wouldn't that that film wouldn't wouldn't feel like it does if it wasn't for Carpenter. Like I think that's crazy. He thinks it doesn't have a style. And, like, and the review touches on the source material of the book. Now I I don't I haven't read the book, yeah. but from what I've heard of the book, it's more like John Carpenter's version. It's a monster that takes over people and impersonates them. Yeah. From a uh, review of the original film. Mm. It was just one like singular monster. It okay. wasn't like, 
and it looked like Frankenstein. It wasn't taking yeah. over people, oh, and okay. it wasn't so much a psychological thing. It was like this I need to monster. see that. I need to watch the movie. Yeah. I still haven't watched it. It's been on my list for so, ages. Oh, okay. I knew a story about the, the poster, um, oh, yeah. which I think I've told you mm. before, which which I found out through, through uh, I believe, Fact Fiend. So, you know, plug for a YouTube channel that doesn't need a plug because they're, <laughs> they're, they're doing way better than us. But this might be interesting for you, you know? The the poster for the thing, so the man in the glow and all that loveliness, they called up the artist for that really last minute and wouldn't like give him any of the plot. They just said it was a remake of that. And then the paint was still wet when the carrier came to collect it to make all the prints. He had no idea what the film was about. And that, that poster is like iconic now. Yeah, talk about getting it right the first time. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> press the time. Uh, less I'm, is more, less is more. Less is more. <laughs> I believe um, it was Drew Struzan, mm. if I pronounce his name right, okay. who did the poster because there's a great documentary about him because that guy, he wouldn't eat for weeks so he could pay for paint when he was first starting out. Damn. And then he used to do like album covers for like mm. bands. And then they were like, hey, we want you to make movie posters. You know, and you could literally make like millions for yeah, like yeah, movie yeah, posters. And he did Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, Jaws, like uh, the thing. Like he done all of the, the yeah, biggest yeah. ones. Like he's like a legend. But yeah, in, yeah, in the days before, stuff. it was just a, a side-on camera shot of our main character and then an explosion in the background. Yeah, yeah. I actually miss, well, I miss, I miss those posters, well, man. In the eighties, the main the main way to like you know advertise the film was through posters. Mm. Na- nowadays, it's yeah. trailers, isn't it? So yeah, trailers yeah. are more focused target audience um, that's a great poster as well because oh, it's, it's, so it's weird that he didn't know because it, like, mm. it's so good yeah, yeah. he just knew it's, that it was a, it's not it's anyone like, and, am like I the only it, one that when you see the poster you hear the song in your head yeah yeah yeah, yeah. for, for yeah, the yeah. film the intro when, I when it was, happens I think of that yes, guy's yes, screen I think one. of that guy <laughs> my think, voices I think of the screen that you were talking about earlier yeah when the guy's they all surround around mm. him, and he's got the fit. He's been taken over. By yeah, the yeah, and his hands are all yeah, messed and up. His and his hands are all messed up and stuff. And he's on his knees, and he lets off that disturbing screech. Oh, that's mm. such a that's what I think of when I see that poster. Like, that's yeah. what it reminds me of. Yeah, but yeah. So, okay. so to say it's not iconic. There's so many iconic things. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, the setting is a small, self-contained American scientific base in Antarctica, and the thing is a creature from out of space, frozen for hundred thousand years in the South Polar ice cap, and accidentally thawed by some unfortunate Norwegian scientists. One of the film's major problems is that the creature has no identifiable shape of its own. It's simply a mass of bloody protoplasm that, as someone solemnly explains, imitates other forms of life, and thus, for much of the movie, walks around looking like ordinary people. Yeah, but so that's well, why it's great. Down already. That's yeah. why it's great. Yeah, that's why yeah, it's so great. <laughs> that's what makes it terrifying. Yeah. We don't know who it is. Like, it's terrifying. It could be anyone in the yeah, room. But how's Jimmy going to dress up as the thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why would they dress up as the thing? Like, it wouldn't be... It would be you're like, oh, there he is because he looks like a monster. Oh, we're t- <laughs> what? Imagine the same plot. Imagine the same plot, but it looks like the thing. Like, you can tell it looks like this monster. They're like, yeah, we've got to test the blood. We yeah, can't... We don't know yeah. what it is. We we do, we don't Gary know looks a bit weird, but nah, he's a nice guy. I don't think... Uh, yeah, we've, uh, we've got Freddy Krueger. We've got, we've got yeah, you know, Mike yeah, Myers. Yeah. And then we've got the thing. Literally, as you said that, I had this picture of my head. It pans around. Well, we've got to find out who it is, and it just pans around. It's like a bunch of monsters, and then like Jerry <laughs> and John. It's like, yeah. well, who could it be? <laughs> Jerry <laughs> looks a little pale. I, I think pick, it might they be pick Jerry. the one yeah. that's human. Like, yeah, <laughs> he like leans over and whispers in his ear. I don't like Jerry. 
<laughs> He's got a beard. He's one of those bearded men. It's got to be him. Yeah. We don't like beards. <laughs> In this respect, Mr. Carpenter's The Thing seems itself to be imitating other forms of movies, particularly Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I love that's a great film. Yeah. Yeah, you, I know can, you could argue that could be a sequel. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, if you ever made a sequel to the thing, it'd be Invasion of the Body. It's very different atmosphere and yeah, and creature wise, creature wise. Yeah, it's a very different movie. Um, but it's still about style as yeah. well. Like I would argue, I mean, Invasion of the Body Snatchers are great, both of them are. Mm. But um, I'd argue that the thing has got like a more distinct style because it's the same guy that said he didn't have a style, didn't it? So yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, Kurt Russell, T.K. Carter, Peter Maloney. And other worthy people appear on the screen, but there's not a single character to act. Ooh, that's sick. Burn. I feel that's un- yeah, that's that's unjust, that, buddy. Did Come I just on. hear? Did I hear something? Again? Did I just hear? Why? Did I just hear someone dissing Kurt Russell again? Technically not. They said they said they were like these. These are worthy people. It's a shame that there's no characters. Oh. So it's another characterization uh, stab. Yeah. <laughs> but again, is I believe the, the like I said though, it's through their actions. They all do different things. They all respond differently <laughs> to, the, to what's thrown at them. That's what makes them characters anyway. Yeah. No, I believe the the review that touched on that previously was the one also in the eighties. Mm. So again, it seems to be this film. I mean, we all know, but just in case someone doesn't, when this film came out, it wasn't very well critically acclaimed. Mm. And touching on the way to advertise back in the days was through movie posters. Mm. Um, critics held a lot, a lot of power back in the day for films and books and that. So if a it, a film didn't make it well critically, it wouldn't do so well at the box office because people took. Uh, reviews from critics mm. a lot more seriously than nowadays because yeah. since the internet it's just mm. a lot more abundance now everyone, everyone has everyone an has opinion, opinion. Everyone exactly has an opinion. so uh, uh, reviewers and critics could snowball the film and mm. after about 10 years it they then is known as a cult classic mm. so yeah. I, yeah, I'd say that's down to just audience and time changing all that the performers are required to do is to react with shock and terror from time to time like all such movies that don't trust themselves to keep an audience interested by legitimate dramatic means. The Thing shows us too much of The Thing too soon, so it has no place to go. It plods in circles from one mock horror effect to the next. It's entertaining only if one's needs are met by such sights as those of a head walking around on spider-like legs, autopsies of dogs and humans in which the innards explode to take on another not easily identifiable form hand severing worm-like tentacles that emerge from the mouth of a severed head or two or more burned bodies fused together to look like spare ribs covered with barbecue sauce I mean I guess they didn't like too much but when Quentin Tarantino came out people said he was too gory so we just leave that there is they, they didn't like the gore uh, the, it's the, a horror movie as yeah. well but uh, uh, the fact that you don't yeah, have some to some people think. say that enough yeah. <laughs> some people say too much but mm-hmm. like you said though this was of the time yeah. exactly. like well, really, it was interesting yeah. th- this last uh, sentence truly puts it into the time because um, let's go let's, let's round it up with this one yeah, let's, let's the thing it. which opens today at Rivioli wow. and other theatres, is too phony-looking to be disgusting. It qualifies only as instant junk. Bloody protoplasm. 
So this was this is a review that came out. Wow, that's the, interesting. Yeah, I mean I, that's crazy because I think that's of. not what it is. I mean, even people today that watch it today, they don't mind that there's not enough. Yeah. Mm. So uh, the so one thing that stands out for me is is drivel, and you don't have to think about it. I, if I remember roughly, it was something along those lines. Mm. I one of the opening scenes of McCready's character is he's playing chess and he loses to the computer and he, he pours a drink in there. But for me, that's um, foreshadowing of the film itself. Is it's a chess game? Is who's mm. who? Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'd say the strategy in the story and the development itself is who's been infected because you see the dog go into a room and you see the shadow then somebody strokes the dog yeah. and there's still a debate on who that was yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah so I disagree with there's there's no strategy behind it because I'd say the yeah, chess match was true. in itself a foreshadowing of mm. the storyline yeah. Yeah. it's one big chess match but yeah uh, that is all of the negatives there, there, there are all the negative reviews I have brought to the table you, you have fought well you <laughs> valiant <laughs> knights <laughs> Went out on your shield. But now I must ask you of one more thing before we close up. Um, can, can you give me a five star review? Why should somebody watch? Oh, you it? should watch yeah. it. Mm. Okay, uh, let me make some points in my head quickly. Okay. Uh, well, I what, believe what the you? character development is justified. I think any time they talk about characters is a generalization. Um, they're in extreme cold weather and they're tired. Nobody's sleeping. So, and you can see them get more tired, more irritable. So I say the character development there is great. You had a great cast, uh, Kurt Russell, yeah. um, the guy who plays Charles, just, everyone's great in it. The special effects for the time is amazing, still holds up for me if you like that. I love long shots. I love story development. This film story is the ultimate monster for me. I love horror films. Uh, mm. The first films I watched as a kid with my sister were horror films. I had nightmares, dust till dawn. Um, I think, the concept, the isolation, the fear of not being able to trust anyone. So if you like that kind of story, then I'd say definitely watch it. If you like horrors, i say definitely watch it. Mm. You know, it's bloody, it's gory, special effects is amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great story. Yeah. And definitely. the score is so good. Mm. It's, it's great. Beautiful. Yeah. Good, lovely. Cool, love awesome. it. Nice, nice... Uh Bit, bit, bit of a long five star review. We'll, we'll <laughs> forgive you. There was some that I mean, was a four page critique there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we spoke about it enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we both love this movie. It's a classic. Exactly. Yeah. Kurt Russell, Keith David, go watch it. Oof. It's brilliant. It's good times. It's good it's times. Brilliant. It's my favorite horror movie. It's this Dan's favorite horror movie. What about I think you, Luke? Luke? Do you like it? Yeah, yeah. Come on. What yeah. do you think? Well, you like hey, it? hey. Stop this. <laughs> I'm not having this again. <laughs> we, we had this in, short, in, in the last episode. We're having it in this episode. We wouldn't be talking about it. If we I, didn't like if, it. If we didn't true. like it. And I would be yeah. much happier with, when I'm saying all these negative reviews if, if I didn't like it. That's true. Just has to make us I'd, mad, I'd, doesn't I'd he? I'd be secretly <laughs> be, being like, hee, 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 this is what, these are my thoughts disguised yeah. as somebody else's. True. But no, I really like it. It's a really good Brilliant. film. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's a good one. It's a good one. Dan, do you have anything to plug? Like, where can people find you if, if you want to be found? Uh, nothing at the moment, Bob. Nothing at the moment? Nothing at the moment. I've got a, a website, but I ain't got nothing up on there. It's been lovely having you on. Did Thank you for having me. Where can they find us? They can find us on Twitter, at FayFilmIsAwful. Okay. They can also follow us on Instagram. Instagram, good. Instagram, uh, mm -hmm. which uh, Your Favourite Film Is Awful. And we've got a Facebook page as well, which is Your Favourite Film Is Awful, I believe. So, yeah, please so you, like they can and share. find us everywhere. Um, and of course, please leave us a review. Give us both five stars. I know everyone asks for it, but it really does help. It helps spread the word. Um, we're thinking for the future, maybe if you give us a five-star review and write us a negative review, that could be like a hundred-episode special or something. Who knows? The future is 
bright and colourful. So please, please help us. <laughs> please, come on. We're, we're doing this for, for us, but you know, you can, we, you, you can pretend that it's for you. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's nah, <it's> good. <laughs> but yeah, right, thank if you, that's everything, thank you for joining us on this conversation with The Thing. Thank you for coming, Dan. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Yeah, it's been a pleasure and as always, Luke. As always. And bye-bye, audience member. <laughs> Take care, guys. Daniel, say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>